Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Hey, and before we get started, I want to let everybody know, once we get to 5,000 subscribers, we are going to start doing a weekly live stream. That's part of that. If we get to 6,000 subscribers for the bowl game, I'll be there. We'll do remote broadcast in 7,000. We have a call-in show. So if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you have, tell a friend and get them to subscribe as well, because all of that will be greatly appreciated. I'm here with Daylon Flowers, and we are talking all about Ole Miss football. And Ole Miss, they survived a little bit of a landmine. They did not play well in the first half. They came out in the second half, kind of took care of business. The defense is, honestly, is at the point where we should say they're pretty good. Um, Jackson Dart's an unbelievably clutch player. Um, Trey Harris, even though he had never played a position, played the slot position against Auburn. Uh, all in all, it was a good day and a win against an Auburn team in a place that almost hasn't won very often. Yeah, I, I think the a stat came out saying it was our first time beating Auburn two times, two straight years since like the 50s. And if we're ever mentioned, you know, with the, the 50s and the 60s, uh, Ole Miss teams, that's something that's it's going good for us right now, but uh, it, it was a it was a weird weekend for us. But at the end of the day, we got the job done, um, and I'm I'm proud of the team for for fighting to the end and, and making sure we got out of a, a a very hostile environment with the win. Yeah, I think um, Ole Miss is going in this next game. If they beat Vanderbilt, they'll be seven and one for the third straight year, and that has not been done since that gory year period of like fifty seven to sixty three when those SEC championships were being won. So. Everybody needs to pay attention and understand kind of what's happening right now. Yeah, I think we still have a lot of growing to do as a team, um, but I am—I couldn't really be happier the way this team has kind of come about to at this point of the season. I'm very proud and very happy with how the team is coming together right now. Yeah, and like I said, the, the team played unbelievably sloppy in the first half. You had an interception to Zakari Franklin to where a ball got batted into the air and got intercepted. And then you have a situation to where there's a bad snap on a field goal. Pretty much anything that could go wrong did go wrong. You gave up an explosive play, a big return after that interception. And other than that, that was probably the only ways that Auburn could score. Auburn was not going to drive the ball 50 yards on you, much less 90. And it was good that Ole Miss got the win, but – they kind of just out-talented Auburn that night. Yeah, I think one of the things that was caught up in my head this weekend is that we kept beating ourselves up a lot. And I've talked about this a few times. I think we had like 10 penalties for maybe over 60 yards. That's That has to be uh, talked about within the groups and within the coaching staff. This has to That has to be taken care of. And that's not just something, you know, penalties that just happened at Auburn. This has been happening really all season for us, especially on the offensive side of the ball. That, that has to get cleaned up in, the, in order for us to continue to win good games. Um, I think we also have to stop beating ourselves up in terms of momentum-wise. Um, like some of these fourth down calls are – I don't know. I don't want to say that they're not – necessary but like i think at times we're better off maybe punting um and getting a team the uh, opposition offense maybe at the 10 or the 20 and allow them to try to go you know to the full length of the field against our defense which i which i don't think many offenses can do against our defense 
Um, and just just like the field goal this weekend, I mean, you know, that that's a momentum thing. You know, that puts us up three points, I think, going into the half. And that just allows us to kind of be more uh, relaxed going into the half. And that builds more and more momentum coming out in the second half with the ball. So I just think uh, mental things need to be worked on this this week in practice. I think we just have to stop beating ourselves up. And that's really one of the key things that I even saw in our loss to Bama. Like we kind of we lost that game ourselves, you know, Bama really, you know, they played an okay game, but it really wasn't their best effort. And we beat ourselves up a lot. And that's something that we have to work on this week. If we want to continue to win the rest of the games. Yeah. I think it's interesting. You just brought that up. I, does Lane Kiffin have trouble trusting his defensive coordinator and his defense? Yeah. I think, I think that's an honest issue that um, Lane Kiffin, everybody talks about uh, analytics and things like that, but, does he just he should, he probably should just trust Pete Golding at this point yeah. to do his job? Well, I, I think you know saying that that he's also never really been in a position. Um, at, I'll say here um, where he's kind of had full faith maybe in a defense to do such a job. So and and of course we know Lane has always been that if it's a four down, I trust my offense to try to go out there and get it. But I think this is a new era for him that he you know, is kind of happy where he has a good defense, but he also is still trying to be accustomed to, wow, I have a really good defense and maybe I should trust him. And he's still trying to get comfortable with that ability. But I, I think it's something that just builds, that has to work with in the, the coaching staff outside of the, the field. Um, because man, I'm like, I'm, I can't put in awe how proud I am of our defense and just the, the way Pete Golding has transform this team within and the season's not over within a, a season so far um and the the players have bought in um and the fans have bought in for him as well um and he has really I've, I've always said this this whole season that momentum and adjustments are two of the biggest things and this weekend we saw that Hugh Freeze kind of you know went off the rails a little bit with playing Robbie Ashford and Payne Thorne and you know uh, Pete did good with adjusting to that. You know, if Robbie was in the game, I think he kind of realized, you know, they're probably going to be running the football a little bit more. So how do we adjust to stop that? And if Payne was in the game, they're probably going to be throwing it over the middle a little bit more. Um, so Pete did a really good job with that this weekend. I think especially our front seven is enjoying that as well, uh, his type of his type of game plan. So I think we we have a really good eye line on going forward on that side of the football. Yeah, one more thing from the Auburn game. I think we just need to give Jordan Watkins all of the NIL money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just every bit of it because yeah. not many times in my lifetime has a player just put it all on the line like that, to my knowledge. He played and returned punts with a broken hand. He had surgery. Stitches are in his hand right now. The stitches yeah. have not come out. And he was out there fielding punts because Dayton waved had to get an IV. Yeah. And I think it's important to realize exactly – what Jordan Watkins did in that Auburn game, because he honestly, when he came into the football game, he kind of settled things down, just him being yeah. on the field and the offense kind of kicked back up. So it wasn't a situation to where I, I think there's a wide receiver problem. I just think there's a comfort issue, yeah. not a comfort issue, a comfort factor between Jackson Dart and Jordan Watkins to know that Jordan's going to get the wide receivers lined up, right? He's going to do what he's supposed to do. He's somebody that you can count on. And because of that, everybody kind of excels and just takes a deep breath and just goes out and does their job. And in the fourth quarter, Ole Miss looked a ton better than they did in the second and third. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think you kind of tweeted out. I think Jordan is that that leader for the for the receiver group. You know, he's kind of been here a couple more years than really everybody in that position group. Um, and I and I tweeted out during the game this week, and I just I said that his absence is very it's it's very real within our team. We could tell that we were in some discomfort without him this weekend. Um, but I've talked so highly of this kid all season, and it just, he just has a lot of heart and toughness, man. Even if he was kind of put in a decoy position this weekend, he went out there and did what we needed him to do to kind of open up our freedom within the offense and the special teams, man, because special teams, and that's been a kind of a question mark this season too, you know, our punting situation and our returning. Um, but he kind of went out there and just kind of relaxed everybody, I think. And that helped us build momentum to go and win the football game. But that, that's something else that needs to be talked about within the team is our, our punting situation, man. It's a, uh, I don't want to say it's a rock. Yeah. 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 Like it's uh it's something that needs to, yeah, it's something that really needs to be worked on. You know, there's, there's three, there's three phases of football and special teams is just as important as offense and, and defense. So we really have to continue to try to improve that as much as possible. Yeah, between the actual plays where the punter actually kicked the ball and then yeah. our backup punter throwing an interception on a field yeah, goal was, where he dropped. Yeah, it, the punt team did not have a good day um, yeah. for Ole Miss football down on the point. Now, Ole Miss has Vanderbilt this weekend, and honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be real with everybody here. Every single time I think about the Vanderbilt Commodores game, I think about the Texas A&M game and the Georgia game, and then I'm like, oh, I meant to think about the Vanderbilt game, and this is not just going to be a problem for me. It's going to be a problem for every fan out there. It's going to be a problem for every coach and every player. This is a game that I think Ole Miss just needs to get through. I'm going to talk on tomorrow's show. This is a legacy game for Jackson Dart, not something to where if you beat Vanderbilt, it's a legacy game. No, if you take your team, that you're going to have to create your own energy in this one. It's going to be a sleepy crowd the whole nine yards, and you take leadership-wise, go out there and efficiently beat down Vanderbilt and win the game and get out the door. That is something that Matt Corral, who threw six interceptions at Arkansas, that is you know stuff like that. There's landmines that happen. This is actually a big game for Jackson Dart. Yeah, it is. You know, I think the team has done good with the the mentality of, you know, being 1-0 and all season. Um, and so now we're in a new week and we're 0-0 zero zero right now. So, you know, the mindset is 1-0. I think this is a, a game that, we, you know, you just said we can't really just push over and move on to other teams. You know, this Vanderbilt team, you know, despite looking at their, their scores against other teams, they have a lot of heart and fight within them. Um, and they kind of give they've given a lot of teams headaches they gave Georgia a little bit of a headache when they played in Nashville a couple weeks ago um, this team even gave us a headache last year in Nashville throughout the first half so let's just see how we can adjust to what they bring to the table I think you know Vanderbilt is I think in the bottom half in terms of sack and QB pressure in the conference so I, I would like to see how the offensive line does with protecting Jackson in the passing game I think we have improved in terms of run blocking, you know, Q and, and Ulysses did a, a great job this weekend with rushing the ball and Jackson as well. But I think pat, the pass block is something that is still in question. I think, you know, there were just times that I felt like Jackson was trying to make something out of nothing because he had two or three guys in his face at times that, you know, why was it happening when it was maybe only three guys rushing? Um, and so I think that's a big, big factor for us. And I just think, uh, how can we continue momentum? I think this team, I think Jackson Dart is enjoying having Kane Priest going out there, man. I really do. Like, I just think that helps give more freedom to him in terms of where he can locate the football. 
Um, and I think that's something that we even enjoyed too, kind of him having a big middle guy target, and that's kind of helping the middle of the field be more open. Um, and that's also helping the run block being well too. He's done really good on the line in terms of run, uh, blocking the run. Um, so I'm enjoying that aspect so far. Um, and I, from our defense, I would like to see how how can we stop Will Shepard? I mean, they've Vanderbilt's been through a, a weird patch this year, but they've still they've still got some talent on their football team. And I would just like to see how Pete, you know, kind of adjusts to that side of the ball. Uh, it's going to be a good game, though. I think it's a it's a game we need to come out and start very very strongly. We need to come right from the first position and try to and try to dominate. You know, this is a game that can uh, easily be a headache for us, and let's hope it's not going to be that way, though. Yeah, and. Jackson Dart, should he come back in 2024 for his senior year, he will leave Ole Miss as the number one passing record holder, passing Eli, the number one total offense record holder, passing Bo Wallace, yeah. the number one quarterback rushing record, and I have no idea who he's passing, but he'll be there by himself, um, and he will be in the top ten of just all position rushing at Ole Miss all time, likely. He is going to pass potentially Dexter McCluster, yeah. Uh, on the top 10 list. And I don't think people realize, I tell people all the time, people need to enjoy Jackson Dart right now. Yeah. They need to enjoy what's happening because this is different. This is not even an area that we saw with Matt. And every, I get everybody loves Matt. And I get everybody loves Elop. But this is different. Chad Kelly, I get everybody loves that. Enjoy watching Jackson Dart here. And if he comes back for a year three, if there's a jump to year three like there was as a jump to year two, because we've never seen that Jane, that Lane Kiffin quarterback. We haven't seen the year three Lane Kiffin quarterback. Yeah. If that jump happened again, you're looking at potentially the best quarterback in the country. Yeah, I think, you know, he's kind of finding his rhythm within his office now. I know he had, you know, a bad interception in, in, during the Auburn game, but I think if you – they were paying the camera on him when, you know, Auburn scored after that position. He was just kind of taking accountability and saying mm -hmm. that was my fault. Um, and then he just said, let's get back out there and, and handle business. Uh, I think, you know, throughout this game, it wasn't a perfect offensive scenario for us, but we made the plays and we made the adjustments when we needed to to win the football game, I think. One of the times that the the Auburn had got the ball maybe right outside of their 50 and then got inside the 50 and then they had to punt. Um, and then I was telling myself, we need a drive right here. And they went down and scored a touchdown. And so I think that they understand the moment of, you know, everything may not go our way each possession, but if we continue to play the football that we know how to play, um, then we really can be a really good football team. And I think that's where he's kind of at at this moment. I think he's enjoying his football. And I think Lane is, is kind of – enjoying the way he's playing right now too. They shared a couple of smiles and laughs throughout the Auburn game. And I, that just kind of brought a little uh, warmness to me. They're kind of connecting really well this season. I think that's been a really good key part for his growth as well. Yeah. That, that double pass that Hugh Freeze tried and that not is, <laughs> I'm almost insulted that that was even tried. Yeah. And it, it's weird because I thought that Pete had done so well this past weekend, just in terms of, blitzing corners and blitzing safeties at the right time and I just thought that you know as a a pretty good offensive mind Hugh Freeze you would kind of see those kind of things and know that they may not work against a defense that's probably that's really adjusted well to you so I was kind of questionable in terms of what the play calls were for Auburn this weekend but uh we got the win so that's that's all that matters to me in terms of that man yeah that is pretty good um Texas A&M's kickoff is an 11 a.m on ESPN that got announced today yeah. Um, 
Everybody needs to quit freaking out. It was never going to be a primetime game because Alabama and LSU is the primetime game. So they're going to put a lesser game in that time slot. They're not going to put Ole Miss and Texas A&M directly up against that. Now you have Ole Miss and Texas A&M at noon. You have Georgia and Missouri at 2.30, and you have LSU at Alabama at night, and the SEC is very happy. But um, I know everybody wanted a night game. Everybody just needs to calm down. 11 a.m. is not bad, especially at this time of year. Yeah, it was bound to happen at some point for us to get an early game, so I am i can't be too upset about it, honestly. And, you know, A&M really hasn't uh, performed to the level that I kind of think they, they people thought they were in before the season started, so it's kind of – where we kind of, I kind of expected it to be at the time slot, especially with the other games going on. So I'm not, I'm not really tripping about it. Kind of, it is what it is right now. We've had, we've had our good share of night games this year, and I've enjoyed each one of them. Yeah, that Missouri Georgia game is going to be legit, and I think that, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that CBS would avoid going to Georgia for that game because if Ole Miss wins against A and M and Vanderbilt, yeah. they're going right back to Georgia the week after that. Um, but apparently, that was not the case. So we'll see exactly how that goes. But it's set up right now for the last um, Ole Miss to have one more night game, and that is the Egg Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I think it's a fun time right now, man. I just – I'm excited to see how the rest of the season pans out. I think we are in a a, uh, a much better position than we were last season. I think this this past weekend was a really good win for us. You know, our first road win since Tulane, which is a a, a while ago, and I think it was a good – uh, mental and uh, awareness win for us that we needed going forward. Um, and so I'm excited to see how the rest of the season pans out. I, this weekend, I, I really, for me, this is a momentum game. I really just hope we come out firing and this kind of helps lead us throughout the rest of the season in terms of where we can uh, place where other teams are in other country, throughout the country. All right. And just to let everybody know, mash that subscribe button. If you're not mm-hmm. a subscriber, if you are a subscriber, um, Tell a friend and get them to mash the subscribe button because this is the way it's going to be. When we hit 5,000 subscribers, which is going to happen in, honestly, a few days to a couple of weeks, um, we are going to do a live stream likely on Tuesday night that is going to be real similar. We get out there, we have a good time. I haven't figured out exactly how it's going to go. I wanted to call it something shiver because, you know, that's what a group of sharks is known as. But um, my wife told me nobody would know what that means, and (laughs) she's probably right. Um, So we'll figure out what we're going to call it once we get to 6,000. This is the important thing. This is why when you do it, don't worry about getting to 5,000 subscribers. Help me get to 6,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. Because if that happens before the bowl game, and Ole Miss is in the Citrus Bowl and the ReliQuest Bowl, the Gator Bowl, the Orange Bowl, one of those, I'll be at that game. I'll be Mm -hmm. doing remote broadcasts from that game. That should be a lot of fun as well. So that's that's the real goal. We'd like to get to 6,000 by the end of the year, but we want to get to 5,000 a little bit first. But thank you all so much for doing that, and thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Mash the subscribe button there. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Dalen Flowers joins us for our look inside the student section. Thank you, buddy. Of course, man. You know, basketball season's right around the corner. It's not too far away. Coach Joe and the girls got an exhibition game this Sunday, and Coach Beard not right around the corner, too, so it's an exciting time. But it's also crazy that, you know, we're already, what, seven games through the football season, so that's mm-hmm. that's kind of a little disappointing, but it's still fun times around the corner, though. 
Yeah, they had a close scrimmage against the Houston Cougars. And yeah. Everybody knows that's a Final Four team yeah. from last year. Yeah. And Ole Miss lost that scrimmage by four points. So, yeah. I don't Christy. I don't know what that means, but that yeah. gets me excited. Yeah, it does, man. I think he's – in year one has already got the squad that he really wants in terms of how he wants to play the game. And I think he's got a, a lot in store for the town. So, it's going to be a fun basketball season for the girls and the boys, man. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Anyway, Daylon, thank you very much. And we'll talk to everybody a little bit later. Hotty toddy.